Hello everybody, welcome to God's Honest Truth. I'm James Templeton, doing my second podcast today. Uh, I'll be happy if you're listening. And uh, today's episode is going to be about temptation. And uh, something, it's a, temptation, you know, is going to be a part of every Christian's life. Until we no longer have a body. This body of sin that we live in at the moment, we will be tempted to commit sin. But uh, with a Christian, if we have the faith, we rely on God, the Holy Spirit in us, and we get in the Word and stay in the Word, there's a way to escape from every temptation that we faced. You know, there's times we do fall, we do mess up. It's a fact of life. I don't like to mess up. Getting over, getting over a sin is really rough. I mean, you feel like you're, you, you slammed the door on God. You know, and uh, even Jesus Christ Himself was tempted. He gave up His glory of being God in heaven to come down to earth and take on the body of flesh to become a man, in order to sacrifice himself at the cross and die for our sins. He shed his blood for our sins so that we might be saved. That's what he did for us. You go through the Bible, you see that sacrifice. But I'm going to read a little bit from Matthew chapter 4. This is when he was led into the wilderness. And it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give His angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things... I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, For you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Now this is the only time in the Bible when it talks about you know him being tempted, other than the time that Peter was rebuking him for saying that when he was explaining that he must go and die and what would happen when he went into Jerusalem after the Passover and he would say no and Jesus rebuked him and said get behind me Satan and he told Peter that he was a stumbling block for him because Peter was trying to stop him from doing it but I, I would have to believe because see Jesus had to be one of the biggest marks for Satan there ever was as far as being tempted. I would have to say that Jesus Christ, even though we don't, it don't tell it in the Bible, 
was probably tempted more than any man who's ever lived because he was the son of God. The devil knew this. If the devil could make him stumble and fall in sin, the devil won. There would be no salvation. So, you know, Satan really uh, had to do his worst work trying to get him to Christ to stumble and fall. Because, you know, he does away from him, he's won. But, you know, praise the Lord, Jesus didn't stumble. He, uh, he did what he came to do. He lived for the Father. He came to serve others. He healed a lot of the people who were sick. And he, he died on the cross. And three days later, he rose, rose again. Went all the way down. He got the kingdom, the keys to the kingdom, to uh, death and hell, or Hades, as they wanted to call it. He did what he was sent to do. And you know, that's a lot to think about. But like I say, we will face temptation. You know, and sometimes you know we go, we hate the fact that we face temptation. And that we have to face it. Don't want to. And uh, and we, we, we sometimes wish to just go away. But T, that's not what the Bible tells us to do. I'm going to take you over to the book of James now. Chapter 1, verse 2. I want you to read this. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lower brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. No sooner is the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers in the grass, the fire, its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive a crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. We get rewarded when we overcome. When we overcome, we produce, uh, we're doing the will of God. We're living by his word. We're not sinning. We also produce fruits of the spirit by belonging. Uh, and God, we overcome the long suffering of facing the temptation because sometimes temptation can last for days. You know, this, this devil just keeps working on us, working on us. Oh, you know you want to do it. You know you want to do it. And it resist and overcome. And if we have faith, our faithfulness and self-control, which are all fruits of the Spirit, when we do overcome and it passes, we have joy, we have peace, because we trusted in God. We trusted in His Word. And uh, that's what we have to continue doing. And... Greatly, what is good, there's a whole selection of Bible verses about temptation. 
And it shows us how to overcome the promises we receive as of overcoming. You know, we have to believe that God has a way to escape. Like we go here from James 1, 14, 15, which says, But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, breaks forth death. That tells what happens when you fall to sin. But, it also says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, No temptation is overtaking you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, we've got to be wise enough to study His Word every day and take that Word in so we don't fail God. Uh, because... It is a battlefield, as 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. And uh, when I talk about studying his word and remembering it, you all the way to Psalms, all the way back where David wrote, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That was Psalms 119, 11. There's scripture all throughout the Bible to help in our, our fight against temptation. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 11. Now, when you go to verse chapter 6 of Ephesians, you go all the way down to starting in the 10th verse. That's the whole thing about putting on the armor of God to resist temptation from the devil. How can a young man cleanse his way? By talk, taking heed according to your word. Psalms 119.9 All the way through the Psalms. How David cried out to God when he needed him. And then, of course, this one. By staying in the word and looking to God, I say then, walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Galatians chapter 5, 16-17. There, there's verses all the way through the New Testament, Testament to help you fight the devil. And, uh, you have, but you have to have faith in God to overcome. And then that's when you witness God's grace. God's grace is greater than these temptations. And when we reach out to him and believe, we have faith. And we, you have to have self-control. You have to say no. And sometimes it's hard to say no. Because that old man that was crucified with Christ is always trying to get back up and win you over. Stop you from doing what you're doing. But uh, like the Bible says, the wages of sin are death. Romans in the book of Romans. But the gift of God is eternal life, which is through Jesus Christ. You know, Paul even talked about that he had a thorn in his flesh put there by Satan. And that was everything that Paul had been through. See, Paul, formerly known as Saul, he persecuted the church. He threw Christians into prison. Some of them were killed. He was responsible for the deaths. I don't know how many 
and he was on the road to Damascus going there to arrest Christians and throw them in prison because he heard they were there. This great light shined about him and, and he fell off his horse to the ground and he heard a voice going, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he's looking up and he sees Jesus. Jesus said, Who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus Christ, whom you are persecuting. And he said, What am I to do? And he said, Go into uh, Damascus, and I will tell you what you will do that have to do there. So the light was so bright he was blinded. It was like scales were over his eyes. He couldn't see. He had to be led to town, and he was taken in there to, to the home of a man named Simon. Not Simon Peter, but Simon. And for three days, he, he sat there blinded and didn't eat till a man named Ananias, who lived in Damascus, heard from the Lord. And the Lord said, Ananias, said, I want you to go, he named the street, to the house of Simon and ask for Saul, who is waiting there. He's seen you come in a vision. I want you to go and lay your hands on them where you receive the sight and receive the Holy Spirit. And you must tell them how much he's going to have to suffer for my name. And, of course, Ananias was hesitant. He said, but Lord, this man has thrown all these Christians into prison. He's a great enemy. And he said, said, fear not. Said, Saul is an instrument, is my chosen instrument to spread the word to Israel and the Gentiles. So, Ananias goes, lays his hands on him, and the scales fall off. You can see, he receives, he's baptized, he receives the Holy Spirit. And Saul, who becomes Paul, became one of the greatest apostles, I'll say greatest, who, who ever lived. He went all the way and was killed in Rome for what he did. He, for years there, he, he wrote most of the uh, epistles that are in our New Testament were, were written by him. Very educated man. This man was educated as a Pharisee. He knew the scriptures. He was able to take the scriptures and prove to so many that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And that's what he testified to. But he, he was took up to third heaven. He never named specifically that he was. And he said there were things that happened there that were revealed that he could that would be against the law of God to write about. Now, he had all this stuff going on where he could have boasted, exalted himself because what God choosing him and what happened to him, but he didn't. He said Satan had put a thorn in his side, and that was he had to keep himself from bragging, making himself look great. And that was the thorn in his side. And he said, I'd rather boast... In the Lord and my weaknesses, because in my weaknesses, as he was told, God's glory is made strong. So he used that to glorify God. No, he didn't sin. Well, of course, he, he, he had to sin one time or another. Everybody sins, but he wasn't one to boast in anything but other than the Lord and what the Lord was doing. And so, as you see, you know, all the apostles had their shortcomings at times, and the Bible tells about a few of them, you know. But 
we all face temptation. But if we overcome, we receive a crown. It also states, for in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he's able to aid those who are tempted. Hebrews 2, 14 through 18. I mean, there's just so many verses. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. Romans 6, 11 through 12. Now, what do you think the worst, you know, there's a lot of temptations out there. We idolize stuff, like, you know, maybe the cell phones are idolized. You see people who just, there's some people out there can live without your cell phone. But uh, put a Bible app on it. Go to reading the Bible. Read God's Word. You know, if you want to hold your cell phone, take notes, learn. Learn to walk with the Lord. But uh, I would say one of the biggest ones, one that is for me was the sexual temptation. Because it was such a big part of my life through my younger years. And you talk about having to overcome. That's the temptation I have to. Everything that I've ever done is still there in my mind. It's like like you sit there and without thinking, a scene from my past will play through. And I'm like, whoa, I have to catch it, stop it. And then I'm facing that temptation. Uh, driving me, wanting me to sin. That's what it, to me, that's just one of the biggest temptations. Some other people, it might be overeating, people eating too much. Just constantly gorge yourself, they can't stop. Or someone who steals, they can't stop themselves from stealing. But, you know, when we give ourselves to the Lord, when we're born again, we are to put away our sins, not to do them no more. We're to seek forgiveness and not do those things that we used to do. You know, that is our sacrifice. We, In other words, we have to sacrifice ourselves, totally sacrifice who we are because we are crucified with Christ. That old man was crucified, sinful man. We're supposed to sacrifice ourselves totally to God. The devil works 24-7. You look at the world, the world that we live in is not, not God's world. Satan is the prince of the air. He rules it. All these things out there that tempt people, that take us away from worshiping God. It might be sitting in front of the TV all the time. Me, I was a big TV junkie. Now, I watch I watch preachers a lot. I watch, I still watch the news. I keep up to date with the news, but I watch preachers listen to sermons. I listen to lectures. I learn about God. I learn about God because I want my body so enriched in the spirit and in the in the knowledge of the word that is right there at my fingertips when Satan does want to tempt me. I can fall back on the word. And, you know, I'm getting to the point now where I see a temptation coming and a piece of scripture will pop in my head. And I said, no, can't do that. You know, that's doing the will of God. When you learn the word, you get to the point where scripture just pops in your head when you face the things in life and, you say, and it lets you know, Holy Spirit lets you know, no. It'd be wrong to do that. It'd be wrong to think that. Like you get angry at somebody instead of reacting out of anger and, and, and saying hurtful words, you forgive them, you bless them, and you say, I'm sorry you feel that way. And then you try to find a way to 
hopefully bring God into the conversation. You have somebody you can witness to. You know, God might use you to lead them to the Lord. But you you spend your time praying too for wisdom. And you pray for other people. Instead of being returning evil for evil, you return good for evil. In other words, you have a forgiving heart toward others. You don't react out of anger, malice. You you show love. That's another fruit of the Spirit. People will see that and they go, man, I just banged him, you know. And he just looked at me and smiled and blessed me. And he said, yeah, and apologized that if he had offended me in some way. I mean, what would you say? To, what, what, what made him that way? You know, and then you, when you go in and say, hey, God, uh, God made me that way. I believe in Jesus Christ, and I believe in showing love and not hate. Uh, and, you know, there's some people you just totally blow away. You know, you might, this your action might lead somebody to the Lord. Because men said, look at them. You know, and you look on social media, you see hate all up and down the pages. You see what this country come, is coming to, what we got going on in politics, uh, how the left is doing. We have to pray for these people. You know, we some people get angry and want to, and I have, I had my share of if posting the wrong things against them. But more than anything, what we need to do is pray for them. Pray for them, speak up. And Christians, more than anything, use our power to vote when it comes election time. I'm going to tell you, this coming election, Christians, please be registered to vote. And don't say, well, God's, whatever happened because, yeah. No, it is our duty to vote. It's our duty to vote and make sure that we got people in Washington who are doing the right thing. Right now, the people we got in are doing the right thing. Trump won because God wanted them there. But to be on the side of the Lord and walk with the Lord, it means the boat. So Christians, I want all. There was one election there that they, eighty thousand Christians did not vote. I want y'all to get registered to vote this coming election, twenty twenty. Your vote is a vote for God. Because if you let the Democrats win and get any more power than what they got. It's not going to be pretty. America's not going to be pretty. They don't. They do not stand for God. As a matter of fact, they passed a resolution supporting unreligious people, people who did not believe in God. Atheists, as you see, atheists are going through our America now, having crosses, everything else took down our history, what made America America. They're trying to tear everything down and take over. They need to be stopped, and we stop that by putting people in Washington who walk with God and who are going to do the right things and who are going to quiet these people. We have to pray for our, but pray for our enemies, but please remember, pray for our enemies. We need to pray for them. We need a revival in America. America needs revival stronger than anything. We need another Billy Graham to preach the word and start holding crusades Bring people back to the Lord who have slipped and slid away. People who are lost. All the new people out there. We need a revival in America. It could happen. We pray for it. There is power in prayer. There's power in studying the word. But you can't just do a little bit. 
If you devote yourself to God, that means you've got to devote yourself totally. Our life is not our life anymore once we decide we want to live with Christ. We live to glorify God, live for Him, and carry out His will. Because that's what God created us for. People say, well, you're a nut. Well, God created us. Why do you think God created us? Created us. It is, I look at it, the world of shape and sin working by the way that what we think. It's a total wreck, total chaos. You don't live forever. All these things you cling and hold on to and you grip, you like, like well, this, this is forever. I'll always something my kids. Yeah, they're just going to sell it and use the money to do what they want to do. I mean, just create more havoc. But uh, you don't live forever. You got to think about what is there for me after death. By work, with work for the Lord, we lay up treasures in heaven. That's where we're going to be for eternal, for eternity, is in heaven. That's where our true life is. We're this is not our real home. We're just passing through. But what we do here will affect our life there. We lay up treasure, like Jesus says. Do not lay up treasure for you here on this life where it rusts and goes fades away. Put work for treasure in heaven. And that is by doing the will of God. As it says in James. Another one in James, be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. Be doers of the word, as it says in James 1.22. Be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. And it's like when you go into the sower, parable of the sower. You know, some people hear the word and it with them for a little while and then they forget it, you know. And, I mean, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you do not know what you're missing. Wages of sin is death. It is, it's not easy being a Christian. The way is narrow. Jesus said the way is narrow. Not everybody makes it because they're taking the wide road that leads to death and destruction and don't realize it. I mean... Don't you think that it is wise for you to look into it? I tell you, there are a lot of good books out there, other than the Bible also, because I'll tell you, to understand the Bible, you need the Holy Spirit to help you. You need salvation. But uh, read Lee Strobel's Case for Christ. You get it from Amazon. Sometimes McKay's has copies of it. But Case for Christ... Lee Strobel's wife had got saved, started the church, and he was a reporter for the Chicago Tribune. He was a head reporter. He, I mean, he had awards and everything else, and he says, I'm going to prove to this religious thing that Jesus Christ is a fake. He took two and a half years of investigating Jesus. And at the end of that time, his statement was that he would have to have more faith to be an atheist than to be a born-again Christian. He, he became saved because of his own research, because he proved 
that he existed. He's wrote great books. He's now a great preacher, uh, teacher. He's just starting a thing in Denver, an online seminary where you can where you can learn about God. And I'm wanting to do some of that stuff. I, I already watched lectures from Robbie Zachariah and his his institute, and I've listened to the struggle. But he proved that he existed. Read his book, Case for Christ, at what he did. There's even a movie, Case for Christ. Watch the movie. You know, all I'm saying is check into it. Secure yourself. Prove to yourself that God's real. Because I guarantee if you investigate, you're not going to prove that he isn't. Unless you're just totally blind and refused refuse to pay attention to what your eyes see and what you hear. I mean, but like I said, it's not easy. We face temptation sometimes every day. Sometimes we get a break. You know, but I love the breaks. Sometimes we get so caught up in God's Word and in rejoicing that, you know, there's not anything going to touch us. But sometimes we're tested. We're tried. We have to be. It, 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 it gives endurance. The more that we overcome, the stronger we get, the closer relationship we have with Jesus Christ. That that's my goal. I want I want to, you know, I won't be perfect until I leave this world, and I get that new body. I've got a sinless spirit in me that God changed and put there so I can go before the throne of God and pray, because Jesus Christ sacrificed covered my sins. And but it has its it has its ups and downs. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying the temptation that you have to deal with, and especially if we do mess up, because that's the thing about being human. Sometimes we do sin, and I don't like to sin. I don't. I really don't. No matter how bad those things that I want to do, I hate the pain it causes afterward. The getting back up and and renewing my faith. But I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And I also doing the video on it. At least I'm hoping the video done good. And I hope you watch it. It'll be on YouTube. It'll be on Facebook. Also, the podcast will be on Facebook. And I hope to get better at doing these things. I, th I thank you for your time. A little over a half hour has already happened. And let me say a quick prayer. Lord, I pray that this goes out today, that maybe it'll touch somebody's heart, that it will lead them to investigate, that, that maybe someone out there will listen and give their life to you, Lord. We pray for all our people on Facebook, those who are in need those who need healing. We pray for the people who face that tragedy in Texas, the shooting there. Lord, we pray that the violence will stop. That is another thing that, that you get more people to you, more people praying that we can stop the hate and the violence in this country. We need revival, Lord. We need people turning to the Lord. We need to make America a nation under God again. Thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And have a good day. Thank you for being here.
Hello everybody, welcome. Well, let me start the video. Here we go. Hello everybody, welcome to God's Honest Truth. I'm James Templeton. Glad you're here to join me today. As I bring you another podcast, which I'm videotaping also. If I was asked you what do you put your faith in, uh, I would hope that most of you would say that you put your faith in God. But if you don't, I hope that you might listen and watch my broadcast titled My Testimony. To start with, you know, act, I would like to pray first, then read you a few verses from God's Word. Lord, bless this podcast today. Lord, if anyone out there who's lost is listening, I'm praying that if they're being called, Lord, they might accept you as their Savior. I pray that they will listen. I pray for the feedback, Lord. I pray hey, that this is done to glorify you, that your spirit will speak through me, Lord, to spread your word. This I ask in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, this is a few verses I'm going to read you. Those who hate me without cause are more numerous than the hairs of my head. The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers conspire together against the Lord and his anointed one. Even my friend in whom I trusted, one who ate my bread, has raised his heel against me. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. Then I said to them, If it seems right to you, give me my wages, but if not, keep them so they weighed my wages, thirty pieces of silver. Throw it to the potter, said the, the Lord said to me. This magnificent price I was valued by them. So I took the thirty pieces of silver and threw it into the house of the Lord to the potter. They were striking the judge of Israel on the cheek with a rod. I gave my back to those who beat me, and the cheeks to those who tore out my beard. I did not hide my face from scorn and spitting. They pierced my hands and my feet. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Everyone who sees me mocks me. They steer and shake their heads. He relies on the Lord. Let him save him. Let the Lord rescue him since he takes pleasure in him. Instead, they gave me gall for my food and for my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. I am poured out like water and my bones are disappointed. My heart is like wax melting within me. Yet he himself bore our sickness and he carried our pains but we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, and like sheep silent before her shears, he did not open his mouth. They divided my garments among themselves, and they cast lots for my clothing. He willingly submitted to death. He bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. You may not break any of its bones. He protects all his bones, not one of them is broken. They look at me whom they pierced. He was assigned a grave with the wicked, but he was with a rich man at his death, because he had done no violence and had not spoken deceitfully. For you will not abandon me to shell. You will not allow your faithful one to see decay. You ascend it to the heights, taking away captives, to receive gifts from people, even from the rebellious, so that the Lord God might dwell there. This is the declaration of my Lord 
to my Lord. Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Who are these verses about? If you say Jesus, that's in the New Testament, I'd have to tell you, he's only half right. All those scriptures I just read you were taken from the Old Testament, which was completed some 400 years before Jesus was born. There's never been any critic or atheist or agnostic who has ever once claimed that any one of those writings was written after his birth. Every book in the Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi contains writings about Christ. Even Saul, who was a Pharisee, well-educated in the scriptures, who terrorized the church from its beginning, throwing Christians into prison, even some to their deaths, who on the road to Damascus, he was sent there and he'd receive letters from the high priest to go take prisoners, Christians who were there. So he set out to go there with some guards to capture them and bring them back to Jerusalem where he could put them on trial. But on his way there, this bright light shone around him. And he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he, of course, Saul replied, Who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus, who you are persecuting. And he thought, What do you want me to do, Lord? He said, Going to Damascus where you'll be told what you must do for me. He was blinded. He was blinded. And like scales over his eyes, he couldn't see, and they had to lead him into town by his hands. And he stayed at the house of a man called Simon. Simon. And uh, three days he was there blind, did not eat, to a man named Ananias who God had called and told Ananias to go to this Simon's house. I want you to lay hands on Saul where you'll receive his sight and receive the Holy Spirit. Be saved. But, you know, Ananias had his doubts. He said, Lord, this man has caused many of your uh, followers to die. And he's even now here to lock him up in prison. He says, no, don't worry. Go to him because he's been chosen as, as my instrument. He must be told how much he's going to have to suffer for my name. So Ananias went, laid hands on him, and he was able to see. He was baptized. And from that moment, he preached the gospel. And, uh, since he was a Pharisee, he was trained as a Pharisee. He knew the scriptures better than any man. And he later became Paul. And in showing and proving to how many the scriptures from the Old Testament proved that Jesus was the Messiah, Paul would later write in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 how over 500 people had seen the risen Christ. And you know, other than how do you explain all the apostles spreading the gospel after he had ascended? They saw the risen Christ. They even ate with him. And they all preached the gospel throughout the world. All of them but one going to their own death. They died a martyr's death. They were violently killed, each one for their belief. Knowing this, they still pushed. We still have Christians today around the world who are dying, spreading the word of God. 
not long ago, there was like 30 or more Christians on a bus over in Saudi where they were stopped by members of ISIS, I think it was, and they told if they did not denounce their faith in Jesus Christ, they died and they refused. They were shot in the head for what they believed. So we have Christians, there's Christians dying every day. China, other places, violent deaths, they're, they're tortured for believing in Jesus Christ. So you have to say, you know, when you're saved, the Spirit comes in you. And when you're called, I don't know if any of you out here listening right now know this, you sort of feel burdened. When you're lost, you feel burdened. You know, we ought to remember that moment when we were called because you feel the hand of God on you. You feel burdened. You feel that uh, desire to go ahead and give in. Not all the time do people, when they're first called, give in. Some of them don't. They ignore the voice. They ignore that pull. They say, nah, I'm not doing it. That's because Satan will step in and do his best to keep you from doing it. Say, nah, you don't want to do that. You need to go on forget about this. He's in that, like in the so- parable of the sower, he snatches a seed away once it hits the ground like the birds snatch it away where they can't take root and grow. Same way he does with people when the, they hear about Jesus Christ and the Word and the Spirit. He comes and snatches that away where they don't recall it and they go back to living in the world. So if you feel that tug, you know, you need to say yes, give yourself because we don't live forever. And, uh, you know, getting back to this, five, over 500 people have seen them. And not only that, outside of the Bible, history has proven the existence of Jesus Christ. Even the history written in Rome, that Josephus wrote about Christ, that he performed many miracles, and that they believed he was the Christ. And uh, other historians in Rome, Nero even asked why where did all these people called Christians come from? How did this start? And the historian said, because one of your men named Pilate, who was a governor of a Jerusalem, crucified one they called Christ. So it's a matter of record. If you have proof that Pilate existed, and you still have proof that Jesus existed outside of the Bible. And when you look at all the prophecies that have come true in the Testament, in the Old Testament up to now, like they came back in the 70 AD, Jerusalem was destroyed, but in 1948, the Jews come back and started the nation of Israel again. The Bible foretold that. There's a lot of prophecies that they were foretold that are true. Jesus fulfilled all those prophecies. And so the apostles, they laid down their lives. They tried to kill John, but John, they tried boiling John in a, a vat of oil. And it didn't take, it didn't even hurt him. So they sent him to Patmos. Of course, you, if you read in Revelation at Patmos, he was given the vision of Revelation and wrote the book of Revelation. So he was the only one that died a natural death. But you know, Jesus had told the apostles that whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, 
and whoever loses his life will preserve it. That's in Luke 17, 33. And the call of God is real. You want you asked what what it is that uh, we're following. I remember when I was called. I felt that pull. I mean, first there was a time I felt it and it felt like I went over the altar. And I didn't. I said, no, I'm not going to do it. But later on it happened. Another time it happened. And I did. I just went. Some just, you need to go. And it's not easy, you know. We still fight the devil every day. But, you know, and if we sin, God does forgive you. But, you know, we, we feel just as called to repent when we do stumble anything else because we, we can't stay in that state long. Not once known because we have the spirit in us as a born again spirit. It's sinless. What's simple in us is the body that we live in. And it's the body that what we call what I call, what the Bible calls the old man. You always have an argument with the old man. The old man there's a lot of times you don't you you're into God's word, you're into God. I try to get in his word every day study his word every day and you know I wouldn't take nothing for it I mean once you know Jesus there's no turning back and if you're lost you have no idea you have you don't have a clue you're lost you don't understand the word and but I'm here to tell you if you feel God you know God came down from heaven and age 30 started his ministry in three years a little over three years he changed the world he had the, his disciples who became the apostles follow him he knew why he was here he went to the cross was crucified paid the price for our sins he fulfilled the law because we couldn't do it and then he breathed on the apostles apostles he went on up to heaven. And they day of Pentecost, the apostles received the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. And they were speaking in tongues. They had day of Pentecost, they were Jews from all different areas who spoke different languages, yet they could understand what they were saying. And over five thousand was saved. Five thousand people. They were baptized. The churches took off like that people and they gathered together bottom sold their lands and stuff they gave up what they had and gave to the church and people there received whatever they needed there in the beginning and the church grew they went out in the world traveled all over the place starting churches Paul started a lot of churches after he got converted and course the salvation was took to the Gentiles which is us because we're not Jewish you know the church age right now they call the age of the Gentiles and when we're all when the last Gentile who is called to be saved is saved Jesus Christ is going to come back or he's going to call the church and then of course you'll have the tribulation but uh, they bury out of them there's different views on that that we won't have to live through the tribulation most people believe I believe that too but he will come back call church home 
you know, there's a lot of good studies to do. One I like to study is verse by verse ministry. You can get the app on your smartphone, which is Stephen Armstrong who teaches it. He's got a new study for Revelation coming out the 13th, which uh, be good to listen to. You can find it online too. Just look up verse by verse ministry on your computer, which I like on the computer because he puts an outline and sometimes extra graphs and stuff to go along with what he's teaching. Where on the phone, it's kind of hard to see them, even though your smartphone is sitting there making it larger. But they're very good, very educational. Will teach you a lot about the Bible and about Scripture. But I'm hoping that you're, you know, you're listening. And you know, I may not be the best speaker ever was, bounce around a lot. But you know, I'm trying to do my best. I want to sort of my testimony because I'm stuck here at home most of the time. I don't, I don't, I get out some, but not much. Uh, I recently had quadruple bypass surgery. A lot of people praying for me. I appreciate the prayers. But I've also got uh, emphysema, COPD, and pulmonary fibrosis, which I got more blood work coming back, which is not good. There's no cure for it unless God cures me. And I'm praying. I'm praying for a miracle. And I hope all you other people will pray for me. But as long as I can, I'm going to keep doing this podcast to tell you about Jesus Christ. And how he was put here to save you. If you look at the world, look at the wor- world, there's proof. I mean, the world's crazy. It's getting worse. As people fall away from God, there's more violence. You know, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, 40 years, I, I, I'll say 40 years ago, it might have been 30 less. There weren't any people, there wasn't people going around shooting up schools. Yeah, there was violence. People killed people. There's always been violence, but they wouldn't walk in the classroom shooting kids or walking into the church shooting up people. You've got to ask yourself, what's going on? Look at the people running now in office. The Democrats. They're for abortion. It's not right to kill babies. And, and the world is, is going crazy. Uh, they're living their life they're trying to change the gospel to suit the way, lifestyle they live. And the Bible speaks out against the way a lot of the ways a lot of people are living, what they're justifying in their own eyes. They become a law unto themselves, and they don't want to listen to God anymore. God doesn't change; He doesn't change His laws, and He created life. He can end it. One day he's going to come back and this whole world's going to end. You know, climate change? God cursed the world. God cursed this world when man sinned. He cursed the world. He didn't curse man. He cursed this world. This world's dying. That's what it go to Genesis and study Genesis. And that's the reason that passed on to everything that lived on this planet, including us. We get old, we die, we turn back to dirt or dust, whatever you want to call it. But uh, our only hope is in Jesus Christ that when we leave this world, when we die, we're just passing through. Life is not long. I just turned 62. My mom turned 82 today. It's her birthday. And it's short. It goes by quick. I look back and say, where did all the time go? You know, but I'm saved. My salvation is secure. I know where I'm going when this life is over with. 
and it won't be any more suffering. I'll have a new body. Uh, I'll never get sick. I'll never grow old. We'll be on. We'll be on this planet here for a thousand years after the tribulation, ruling with Christ. Yeah, Revelation is so interesting. You you need to really do that verse by verse ministry study with Stephen Armstrong about uh, Revelation. It, to me, if you really want to learn, take the Gospel of John first. Do the verse by verse ministry study. And it's called verse by verse ministry, and do the study of the book of John. Then. Do a study of the book of Genesis. Then do Revelation. Do it. Do them in that order because the Genesis will show you the character of God. What God is like. And it'll also show you how messed up when you go through the Bible. The people he used had their problems. They had their sins. Uh... David, a man after God's own heart, committed murder and adultery, yet God forgave him. Abraham lied. He'd go into a country like he went to Egypt, and he was scared they'd kill him because of his wife. And he said, look, we're going to tell them that you're my sister. And they gave him all kind of wealth and stuff. The Pharaoh took his wife, who they got sick. They found out and, and sent his wife back to him and said, leave, take everything I gave you and get out of Egypt. So they left. Uh, Isaac did the same thing. All the people throughout the Bible, he took people who were literally messed up. I'm, I'm a messed up person. My background, why in the world God ever want to fool with me? But God will take the worst of something and transform it just to show his power to glorify him. So look, this is how I can glorify. This is what I can do with somebody. Uh, great many people working for the Lord have been transformed and became great speakers. We all, we're all, we all have our problems. We all sin. We have our shortcomings. We're not perfect. The Bible says that we're like our righteousness is like dirty rags. We don't get in heaven by words. We don't get in heaven because we think we did a good job. Our, uh, what we do here on this planet while we're alive, if it doesn't glorify God, we're trying to glorify ourselves. And it's not about us. It's about Him. He created us. He created us and gave us free will. We could either choose not to fool with Him or we could follow. I, I'm glad I chose to follow it's not easy. I've had I've had my ups and downs. I've had times I want to turn away and walk away. That don't work good at all. I'm gonna tell you, it don't. I think the reason I'm sitting here this disability right now is because of that fact of not listening, not doing right. It put me here. But if I if I die, I die. Sooner or later, that happens to us all. Absent from the body to be with the Lord. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, but while I'm here, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep preaching His Word. I'm gonna keep doing His podcast. Come to you. I know I'm rambling on. You know, but I, I started my first part. I had an outline, and now I'm I'm ad libbing right off the top of my head. And uh, 
But if you're lost, all you have to do is pray to God. Say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I'm asking you to forgive me my sins, come into my heart, transform me, give me wisdom, teach me your word. Lord, I give myself to you. Please forgive me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And then you want you want to get baptized. That is always a symbol of professing your faith. Then you want to study his word. Study it every day. Some people want to plus no, you need to study his word every day. Satan is there 24-7. And when you become a Christian, he is, he's not going to leave you alone. Even and there's times when even Satan is not, it's that your own self, that old man will raise up and try to say, hey, you know, why ain't we doing this? You know, you like, uh, don't you miss it? And he will try to tempt you. Take Cal's thoughts captive and ask, go to God, go to his word. Uh, go to the book of Matthew and see how Jesus, Jesus was tempted 40 days and 40 nights in the desert. He fasted, didn't eat any food. And the devil tempted him. He used scripture, God's word, to fight the devil. You know, Satan said, turn these rocks into stones into bread the son of God and he says man cannot live by bread alone but by the word of God so that's why you need scripture you need to memorize it learn it have it hid in your heart you know there's verses that said I hide your word in my heart so that I may not sin against thee it's in the book of Psalms and there's all kind of verses when it comes to fighting the devil but I hope you're listening here on God's honest truth and if you're lost and you need the Lord you know who's there if you say if you put that tug don't don't tell him no say that sinner's prayer listen uh, to him God bless you <coughs> excuse me thank you and I hope y'all have a good day goodbye